and Arbathaeria was excessive because of the nature of the stone being laid which increases the durability and life of the dressing, meaning the frequency of retreatment of the road surface can be extended by a period of 15 years. County Council sweepers were deployed to the area daily until yesterday in an attempt to alleviate the issue. Petrol prices continue to rise in Pembrokeshire for the 14th consecutive week since mid-January and it is having an adverse effect on local residents. Since March 2018, the average price of a litre of petrol in the UK filling stations has risen by 6p to £1.26. Official figures show, which disproportionately shows rural areas like Pembrokeshire face squeezing family budgets further. 44 blue flags are flying in Wales with 40 beaches, 3 marinas and 1 boat tour operator celebrating international success after Keep Wales Tidy announced their recent awards, three decades after it was first launched. In Pembrokeshire, 30 beaches have recognition, 10 of which have the iconic Blue Flag Award, meaning it is once more has more blue flags per mile than anywhere else in the UK, which is a guarantee on water quality, environmental awareness, protection, safety and services to visitors, that they've arrived at a quality destination, undoubtedly a boost for the county's tourism industry. Ten beaches have also received a Green Flag Award, which the organisation has deemed as being a hidden gem, more than half the total of the 18 beaches in the Principality receiving that recognition. The Blue Flag Programme is owned by the Foundation for Environmental Education, with more than 4,000 award-winning sites in nearly 50 countries. Skomer Island off the Pembrokeshire coastline is home to about half the world's population amongst shearwater birds, and the seabird numbers increased by 10% according to a recent census, with just under 350,000 pairs of the birds which breed in burrows on the island and then migrate to South America. There are also strong numbers of puffins, razorbills and guillemots noted. The Manxia water birds have a distinctive call which can be quite eerie, and with the numbers of Manxia water on scum this can be quite loud. Research is also now being done on whether microplastics are affecting shearwater manx numbers. The local sport Nayland have moved to the top of the county cricket league following a seven wicket success of a previously unbeaten Cairo. Seema Tom Pritchard took six for fifth Seema Tom Pritchard took six for twenty-five as the home side were dismissed for 197 before all rounder Henry Durrant hammered an unbeaten seventy-three to go alongside his brace of wickets for the Black Caps. Haverford West moved into second place after defeating bottom of the table Saunders foot by 134 runs. Nicky Cope scored an 83 and taking three wickets for the home side, with Simon Holliday scoring his third consecutive 100 for the visitors. Earliest finish of the day came up Pills Park as Joe Kiffith, 54, saw his side to a nine-wicket success over Lorraine, after skipper Ollie Davis had taken four wickets to tumble the visitors out for a paltry 87. Priscelli recorded a 113-run success at St Ishmael's, thanks to 91 from Ewan Izzet, before teenager Josh Lewis spun the opposition out with four wickets. Whitland's Dylan Blaine fell three short of a century for Whitland. Dylan Blaine fell three short of a century at Whitland. Dylan Blaine fell three short of a century at Whitland as his side secured a winning draw against visitors Burton, for whom former Whitland player Matthew Webb top scored with 51. I'm Jonathan Twig, and you're up to date with all your latest Pembrokeshire news on Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio. See the action live from our studios in Haverford West at purewestradio.com and on our Facebook page. And this is part two of The West Files, live from the haunted basement studios of Pure West Radio, which actually isn't even a basement studio. because it's And it's not really haunted. Or is it, it is. Or is it? Yeah, we've decided yeah. it is. Yeah, okay. but it's, it's. But we've got a we've got a treat because in addition to having author, historian, general genius, general artist, genius. general genius, um, 
television presenter. Punk rocker. Punk rocker. Lout. Um, pogo master. Ma- master of master. the pogo. Yeah. Uh, with us as our guest. We have our very own uh, secret weapon. Oh, we yes. have our own storyteller on um, on the West Files. We have the teller of curious tales. This elusive character. Mm. Nobody nobody knows who he is. No. But he's got sent one heck of a laugh. Has sent us another. <gasps> yeah. Wow. We heard nothing from the teller of no. curious tales for a Ages. couple of months. I know. He's been very quiet. Uh, but stand by. Yay. For a new episode. I'm of happy now. The teller. Of Curious Tales. Tonight, I, the teller of Curious Tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories. True stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. According to the Greeks, Apollo made a lion to frighten the goddess Diana, but she made a fool of Apollo by turning the lion into a cat, and that is the Greek story of Tabby's creation. Regardless of how cats got on this earth, they have been domesticated animals for over 4,000 years. To the ancient Egyptians, they were sacred, and every family had at least one. When the family cat passed on, every member of the family shaved his eyebrows as a symbol of mourning. The Egyptians left many pictures of cats, And although they resemble those left alive today, their living habits must have been entirely different. We find pictures of them swimming in water, retrieving ducks, like our present hunting dogs. Then, with the coming of the Christian era, Pussy fell into disrepute. And this animal, which had once been worshipped, was looked upon as a disciple of the devil. In fact, a black cat was considered the devil himself, and during the Middle Ages, every feast day ended with the throwing of a cat from the church steeple. This bad reputation won the cat an honoured place in the witch's circle. There are innumerable stories of witches turning into cats, and it was accepted as a fact that at the end of seven years, a cat became a devil. And if the cat wasn't killed before that time, it would murder its master. A rather gruesome story is told in Brittany of a farmer who didn't subscribe to this belief and who was found dead in bed one morning with his throat terribly torn. An innocent man was arrested for the murder, but the farmer's son noticed the cat staring at the corpse, its eyes blazing with hate. So he fastened a string around the dead man's arm and dropped the end to the yard below through the window. Then he told the police to watch the body whilst he pulled the string. He did so. The dead man's arm gave a jerk and the cat 
imagining its master was reviving, sprang onto the bed and furiously tore at the already much lacerated throat. Whereupon the cat was tried, found guilty and condemned to be burned alive. And the innocent suspect was set free. Even today, millions of people believe that a cat's viciousness is determined by the length of its tail. And in order to ensure a cat's docility, will cut off a part, or even the whole of its tail. But through all these dark years, there were those who admired and loved this useful and inscrutable animal, and gave it a safe retreat. Behind the church of San Lorenz in Florence, Italy, surrounded by a moat, stands the cloister of the cats. Here, in the garden of greenest grass, shaded by a few cypress trees, live innumerable cats. Thin ones, fat ones, lazy ones, lively, playful ones. Here all cats find sanctuary. Here they may end their days in quiet seclusion, well fed and unmolested. Here they may lie in the sun, or romp on the grass, or climb the trees, or gracefully wash their faces and sleek bodies. Here they are safe from persecution and cruelty. Here in the cloister of the cats. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. <laughs>
chance to see if it was safe outside And a little early birdie came by in his curly whirly And asked me if I needed a She's gonna make it to the night She's gonna make it through Another runner in the night Blinded by the, the night, night. In the
God, that was an, a long song. Yeah, we're well, talking about the great guitar riff in the middle. Of, mm-hmm. Yes. What were you saying? It, yeah. well, good job it wasn't Freebird. Yeah, yeah. we were saying it wasn't. You could put that on yeah. and just go home then, couldn't you? Yeah. Come back in next week, it'll still be finished. Still be going, yeah. Yeah, and our guest tonight is author, uh, raconteur, photographer, musician, lepidopterist, archer. We missed any Pogo master. Pogo master. Pogo. Bank rocker. Beyond Pogo master. <laughs> a Pogo ninja. Yeah, yeah. Pogo ninja. And uh, we, we still got on, we're still working our way through the pile of his books, The Movement of Light, which sees the return of um, that, that character, Septimus, Septimus Blackwood. Blackwood. Septimus Blackwood. Mm. He's back. He's back. And on another quest to rebuild and rise out of the ashes of his own ambitions. It's true. This is yes. this this follows on because you wanted to find out what he was up to while you weren't there. Yeah, what he would do in that situation, and where where would he where he would go with his photography or his ambition mm-hmm. and um, and his other sort of quest, really, what he could what he could do. But he then comes up against a foe, which he never really had. He sort of had someone. He there was John the chemist, strange character. That he sort of um, they batted against each other to a certain extent. They were sort of partners and polar opposites in some ways, but they needed each other. Is this a Moriarty type character? Um, Septimus is very ordered and exacting. Um, Yeah, the second one, yeah, Yeah. Mister Umbra. It was definitely yeah was was pulling strings. Sounds like a well chosen surname there. Yeah, shadow. Yes. Well, I have no. Sorry, I'm butting in a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, while I'm flicking through the, I promise I'm not reading it all, but I'm flicking through the book. But you've got quite a few different, um, like notes from diaries in this one. Yeah, it's which a good. You right. haven't got so much. No, in this one. no. Uh, I mean, it's. Um, I mean, Stoker used it in Dracula. I mean that that it's all actually bits from diaries newspapers and it's a way of not having conversations and if you're dealing with single people explaining events without actually writing a sort of he said she said um and recapping as well people's backstories without them having a chat with somebody about it which those two characters wouldn't wouldn't necessarily well a few of the characters wouldn't necessarily have done so it is very Dickensian though I mean I was just looking through here it says uh, as the luminescence of gas lamp stretches across a dark city a power struggle ensues who will be the bringer of light to Victorian London Mm. well you've got the moth then you see yeah this is is conjuring up even to Mm. my non-fictional brain this is conjuring up images of Dickensian London and the 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 shadowy streets of the East End. There's a Ripper-esque quality to it as well, isn't well, there? Well, yeah, I mean, the the, the the irony is is that sort of Mr Umbra wants as many lamps in London as possible and his mothmen mm-hmm. like lamps mm-hmm. and they're a bit of a, a gang who do lots of dodgy things and so therefore people demanding more lamps to cut down the crime, but... Mm-hmm. He's actually spreading the crime further around because moth gangs are obviously attracted to the light, and he communes. 
he has a way of he draws them back to his base and then communes with them. There we are. You see, so if you. Sorry. but they're, they're but they're part partly sort of um i mean there were you know it is based on partly based on um there were gangs in london who right, who right. operated around the tops of houses and at certain times of night mm -hmm. so again there's a quite a bit of fact there again they, and you, the influence yeah. there was on um uh, in oliver for Dickens, that is those same sort yeah. of gangs. They they use the same sort of resource. Um, I mean, Dickens used the same. I mean, guy Mayhew, who did a lot on labour London labour, London poor. He was using the same sort of set of sources Dickens was as I was. I didn't know that at the time. I mean, there's a certain thing in one of his books which is directly out of Bill Sykes and Nancy. I mean, it could have been the whole chapter could have been taken from there. Where did where did Septimus come from? The name? No, I mean the character. Uh, oh, crikey. Where was he born? Well, he... I don't know. He Again, there's lots of different influences. and so, I mean, in some ways, he's what um, someone you could, some people would like to aspire to be. And John, his sort of alter, his other character was the opposite. So they were, op so, I mean, there's parts of me in, in all of them. You know, I suppose in a lot of the main characters, but you know, internal battles going on. Well, we were talking as well in the break about glass coffins because I was looking at some mm. imagery um, mm. at the Society for Psychical Research. We've got glass coffins, and glass mm. coffins make an appearance in the man behind the glass. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, it's a strange way of being buried. Yeah, well, I was brought up in an area where there was a there was a factual you know, lady Wenman who was actually buried in a glass coffin above ground, and um, she was frightened of being buried alive, and she was still there a hundred odd years later on, you know. Um, but there were breathing apparatus. Some of them did have breathing apparatus mm -hmm. and etc. Oh, there were all manner of contraptions, weren't there? There was bells and, and alarms. But his grandparents wanted to actually, Septimus's grandparents wanted wanted to actually, well, I won't give too much away, no, but they wanted, no. to, they wanted to cheat death. That was what they were ideally trying to do. And at the end of the book, the chapter 66, believe it or not, Yeah. They <laughs> behind the glass, <laughs> it actually, reading that, it, it kind of leaves you thinking, okay, what is going to happen next? Mm. Because you know he's referring to, he's going to have to outlive. So it's like well, what's his great arm, yeah, his great arm. What is, is going to happen next? So you've got that open for. There's a power room. struggle going on. Yeah, because his great aunt has been watching him. Yeah, and uh, so there could be another one. Uh, the end of the last one. Well, he's he he goes. Ooh, he's not dead though, is he? No, he's not. No. <laughs> no, he's, he's not. Right. He's by hero. far from dead, actually. This is the point. When and he goes in movement of light, the movement yeah. of light, he definitely is not, he definitely is anything but because dead. Because it, it's, it's kind of a thing with authors, isn't it? You know, they write a, and then they'll kill off the, the, the hero, the main mm. character, um, and then struggle because they need, you know, few years later they try to bring them back again no this has definitely been left open you, the you, way it's you, ended you played a sensible yeah um, a sensible yeah choice with sentence. i mean it's it's difficult because when you write and sort of people deliberately do trilogies or you know i mean it was difficult to it's 
I'm never sure whether it was a good idea to have actually did a follow-up or not, because if people want to buy the book, you always sort of say, well, which one do you, they, which one do you go? And you obviously say probably the first one. Mm. So people then you think, well, they get the second, they like that, they're going to get the second one. Mm. But you're often still selling more of the first one before they're actually getting the second one. It worked one. for George Lucas though with Star Wars, didn't it? it yeah, it yeah, yeah well, if you, mm. if you can get <laughs> it... You went backwards and You always hope it's going to be read by the right person who's actually think that it's going to go further with it and do something else with it, make could it a film a or... A, well, there, there could be. It's just a question of paying out lots of money to people to then do a screenplay and then go to a... Um, do you take a punt on that or do you do sort of screenplay yourself which I would find very difficult because I don't like to completely revisit something and rehash it plus um, it's a long t- lot of time I don't know anything about screenplay writing so it would be a bit daft of me to sort of tackle it I think but there again how much money do you throw at it to get it further along the line um, but it would people have said I mean and I think correctly that it would both of them would make great films mm. but it's um it just the only thing someone did say who has been involved in films is that there are you know, certainly in book one there would be too many different set settings be difficult to get all the settings but you can chop that down well they did it with lord of the rings well they did it with oliver you know, i mean they did it with all of those great big chunks of the yeah. story that were yeah. totally you know the business with Monk guy, monk, and whatever, which wasn't even included in the main. I mean, you know, yeah. the, one of the biggest complaints because I think it was one of the only books I actually read when I was at school was Lord of the Rings because we had to. Um, and the film couldn't have been <coughs> more different. No, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yet the film worked as a as a standalone. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of the of Tolkien's Tolkien's fans said, you know, how disappointed they were with the movie. Yeah, and yet that movie was such a fantastic what well, trilogy of movies. Yeah. The Hobbit was one of the first books that was read to me when I was at school that I really enjoyed, stuck in my mind. No other book when I read at school or was read to me at school stuck in my mind, but The Hobbit really sort of... I I connected with those books, uh, Mm. I've got to admit. Well, I I remember um, my eldest, he was about seven, and he'd been given the whole Tolkien trilogy. And I used to read to the kids before they went to sleep. Mm. And of course he'd been given this and it was like, Mum, will you read it? Mm. So I've read the whole lot out loud. Yeah. And he still to this day, you know, loves the stories. Mm. And as he you know, as he's always said, <clears throat> excuse me, the way I used to read it, he would be listening and he could picture it. Whereas mm. for him to actually read a book he said he, he just didn't feel that he'd have the same And some reaction. people are great readers of books who can actually out loud and can make it... One of my favourite You know, like Jack and Ori when we were kids. Some, yeah. There were some great readers for that. Oh, absolutely. You know. yeah. I mean, one of, yeah. the, one of my guilty pleasures, particularly when I'm driving or working on the computer in the afternoons, is the afternoon playing Radio 4. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all the 30-minute short stories that they have. I can... You know, we were saying earlier that my brain just doesn't connect with fiction. Mm. But if it's being read to me... Mm. Where I just have to You'd have to buy one of my audio books. Yeah, that yeah. might be the way for me. Mm. Uh, where I can just create the images in my head without having to work hard and do They're two about things. About twelve hours long, actually. There we are. 
Yeah, twelve hours of, of both of them are approximately twelve to Do thirteen you read them hours. Yourself? No, I've got no. As I, 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 you can choose somebody. They audition, and you say, "I, I would like." Mm-hmm. And I found, thankfully, two so people. I've got to turn one of mine into an audio book in the next few months. And well, yeah, it, 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 I think it, it, I think I'm going to be doing it. <laughs> well, I could tell you the story of the old empty barn. There we go then. Tell yeah. us the story of the um, old empty barn. There's nothing in it. Yeah. Oh, we fell for that one. Well, I'm going to read it. I think we should have a musical tribute to tonight's guest. Yes. Um, in a double musical tribute to the guest, and then we'll come back and hear some more from Greg. Yes.
guest is a paperback writer, the man who wrote uh, about the man behind the heart of glass. Well, not the heart of glass, just no. behind the glass. And the movement of light. Septimus Blackwood. Not, that that's name. not the game. The name of the guest, I hasten to add. No, yes, is Greg Howes. The alter ego, perhaps. The alter ego. The alter ego. Mm. But there's there's uh, there's more to this one. We've done. We've got one more. The, the new one. A sense of the other. A sense of now. This is the, mm. the, this is the departure. Of yeah, this has nothing to do with Septimus whatsoever. Nope. And it, a series of uh, f probably for people like me who, who haven't got a very short attention span. It's a great holiday book. Book to take on holiday with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sense of the other. One chapter was was literally like there you go. eight or nine lines. That's one chapter. Yeah, chapter. Yeah, 20. I do. Yeah. See, now I, that that kind of appeals to me. Yeah. Well, you know, there's no need to have. Amazing how some people have exactly the same length chapter. I've always found that as you can know the number of chapters in my books. Um, yeah, one of them I think is about thirty pages, and then there's quite a few that are just a page. Yeah. But that's that's more of a strange tale, strange fiction, as opposed to sort of Are gothic or historic. Or just... No, no, no there's three separate, separate tales. Yeah. Two of them are locally based on the coast of Pembrokeshire, um, around the freshwater when, east. When did this area. one? When did a? Um, oh, that about a, a couple of weeks of ago. So it's brand. Hot, it's hot it's really pretty. Yeah, pretty this much is a so. Sense of the other and other tr uh, strange mm. tales. Now I presume this is in the locally. Um, is it, is it's it, it's sort yeah, of out it now. It's possible? it's getting yeah. It's not quite on Kindle yet, so it's um, yeah, but wow. it's out in perfect perfectly placed for the holiday season. And yeah, again, it's there's a mixture of poetry. There's the artwork in it again, mm. um, and these it's quite a sort of sense of wonder. I mean, if you like enjoyed Frankenstein, I mean, I often find Frankenstein was a tremendously um, I found a shorter chapter. Sorry. <coughs> In, inspiring, you. yeah, inspiring, because um, there's such a sense of wonder in mm. Frankenstein, as well as everyone says, oh, it's a gloomy book and it's full of this, that and the other. But actually, there's quite a lot of wonder and inspiration. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's um, an element of um, sociology, there's a love story. In it. It's a terrific yeah. amount of... Um, and just a wonder of the natural world, which is what a lot part of since us. Uh, Would you mind if I read a, a chapter? Yeah, you, by all means... Long I have never been one to need much sleep, but now it brings me so little comfort that I try to avoid it completely. Despite my sister's denial, I still wonder whether I have a twin, an evil twin, at that. Trust you to find that one. It's an entire chapter. That is an entire chapter. And that's actually, yeah, I, that, yeah. yeah, that works. That mm, works yeah. for me. And you know, as I said, I, I don't do fiction very well. My brain doesn't do fiction very well. Mm. But bite-sized bits of stories, of short stories. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't have... I, mm. It conjures up... Because, I mean, and I connect to it because my brothers are twins. My younger <laughs> brothers are twins. And, you know, they're evil twins. <laughs> evil twins. So let's just recap. Where can people buy your books? Okay, you can buy them on Amazon or you can get them through me because unless you live in America, I'll do the, give them the same price as you get on Amazon anyway because I prefer that. And um, you can get them on Kindle and the two novels are out as audio books and they are in local shops and local markets. Um Along with inspirational driftwood, perhaps at the craft. Yeah, there are some bottles. inspirational driftwood and some bottles, and all sorts of people and things get washed up at them. 
Yeah, because I was just saying, I mean, mm. one of the things that um, you visit the craft fairs, and for me, it's always been it's a collection of inspirational driftwood and badly HDR'd photographs. <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but your artwork is your own. Yes, oh, very much my own, yeah. yeah. None of it is. No yeah. purple skies in Tenby. No. no, no. No, in fact, yeah, I won a few of them for my wall. Okay. Well, it can be arranged, yeah. Here we are. Um, but there's yet more because people might want to get in touch with you. I mean, the genealogy side of it. Mm -hmm. um, if people are exploring their family family history, are you available to assist them? Because uh, yes, that's I can such do a popular well, thing as well. Yeah, I can do. I can, I I can do. I sort of specialise in Welsh family history, but I can do American, mm -hmm. uh, Irish to a certain extent when the records are available. Mm -hmm. uh, Scotland, England, wherever really. If the, if they're written in English, I've got a sort of worldwide. Uh, connections to the web etc any and, media uh, projects involving any more celebrities getting media um, no other than myself no not Tom Jones then um, no Shirley Bass <laughs> <laughs> just thinking of the only two Welsh well of course there's, there's the family one shaky Mm -hmm. Yeah, which yeah. No, no, we're not going to go there. Got Max no, no, no. It could be worse. Far too complicated. Yeah, oggy, oggy, oggy. I, I, I. Yeah, how did he ever become? And do you know another rant? Actually, what's on there? No, irritating Welsh comedian now. Uh, which one? Oh, the one that's trying out all those jobs. Huh? Oh, the the from Carmarthen. Yeah. I don't find him irritating, but um, Rodri. That's it. Think. Oh, yeah. Rod Irrit Gilbert. Rod yeah. Gilbert, irritating. Don't he's like little, him. No, no, no. He's mm. one of these comedians who, you know, he's this modern trend in comedy to take, like, to be almost self-deprecating about the subject you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. So. But the guy yeah. from The Office, do you find that the same? The Office, Ricky Gervais, no, not him. But I the find office, him a little bit. The Office, there were moments of pure comic genius. There were. But the programme itself was relatively, you know, it passed me Because I think he can be a bit sort of... Yeah. I'm not sure if I can... This idea of cringeworthy comedy, or when you have um, people who use their uh, minority status either through race or disability or mm. ethnicity, to make everybody else feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree. That sort of comedy really doesn't... No, doesn't and I'm not sure where he's... No. What drives him on that, no. actually, either, really? You know, this, the idea of somebody in a wheelchair making everybody laugh or, or or feel uncomfortable about laughing because they keep saying, oh, I'm a cripple. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just unpleasant. It, yeah, I think it, yeah. he does, yeah. He seems to get away with it, though. They do get away with it, but yeah. Rod Gilbert, just on a different level, I just don't really find don't the really man very it. funny. You know, it's like, you know, you, you know, just yeah, go and do the job mm. and humour will come. Because there's lots of situations in life that are humorous, and it's a British tradition to laugh mm. at humor. But anyway, uh, we've run out of time, so we better um, progress through to the theme music. And I'm dedicating this to you tonight, okay? Uh, God because knows of your can... because of your magnificent work in relation to angel sharks. Okay. So Greg Howes, uh, entrepreneur, author, yeah, yeah everything. Uh, everything. Thank you. Thank you so much for being. Yeah, it's uh, been a pleasure. Guest on the West Fire. Thank you.
Competitions and local news. Follow Pure West Radio on Facebook. Pure West Radio. That he knows I'm a 